This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. I'm sprung, it's spring training. Got me watching kids oh. I've never knew. Something, wow. something telling you. What's up, everyone? That sound, of course, means that it's spring training. We've made it. We have sprung, just like T Pain and just like me, your host, Matthew Robertson. Uh, I'm thrilled to be talking about baseball with my dear pals on the internet, Kate Preuser and John Troopin, who I'm sure are just completely in awe of the musical talent they just listened to. Entirely. Awe is correct. <laughs> just, just absolutely <laughs> bowled over. Yeah, you man. Were, I, we've all been sprung. This happens happens to the best of us. I'm delighted, honestly. That's, please keep the same energy throughout the entire season, because we're going to need it. Oh, absolutely. Do you know in that song that T-Pain says uh, she's cutting off all his homies, even all his other ronies? Whoa. Um, like macaronis? Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to dig his into. Italian and I'm sure it's the big... <laughs> yeah, his Italian friends, I believe. Is this been. a Yankee Doodle situation? Potentially. Was that what Yankee Doodle was about? Because I also now am having some serious <laughs> St- questions. Stuck a feather in his cap and called them all his ronies? I don't know. I believe that's how it went. Uh, revolutionary times, you could really get away with anything. So That's true. One thing I do know about T-Pain, he has a tattoo on his neck that just says tattoo. And I think that is oh. hilarious. Interesting. Did, he went to the same place Jose Altuve went, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm not going to get tired of getting off jokes at the Astros' expense for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and now we have another person to just lob grenades at, Mr. Uh, Rob Manfred. Even LeBron is joining in. It's so great to watch the entire sports world realize that baseball can be fun if we're all collectively making fun of the same thing. Exactly. The enemy of my enemy is LeBron, apparently. It's fantastic. (laughs) Who knew? It's very true. But luckily... Rob Manfred has not canceled spring training yet or figured out a way to tweak it into oblivion. Uh, For the most part, it remains exactly the same. But this year's Mariners spring training in particular, actually, I would say, I mean, we're very biased, but there can't be that many other teams who are just really, like, emptying the farm. You know what I mean? Like, we get to actually watch the players that are pretty much the entire organization's hope. Future. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they're all going to be in one place. That's incredible. And, like, obviously, like, a lot of other teams will have their top prospects there. But it feels like the Mariners are really, like, doing almost like a fashion show sort of thing. Where it's like, here's everyone. And they, get to, <laughs> they get to come out and wave at people and look cool in their uniforms and all that. I just want to say, like, it was a year and November, December. It was a year and three months ago that I wrote the first, one of the first, if not the first, like, Mariners coverage of Julio Rodriguez when he was, you know, basically unknown to a, a huge segment of the fan, of the fan base. You know, he was just a kid, and we met up in, a, in the parking lot of the Peoria Sports Complex and just chatted, and to see from that 
one year and some change for him to just be like this. It's been so fun to watch everyone discover Julio Rodriguez and discover like just the joy that is Julio. And um, it's amazing how far he has come in just such a short time. And um, I'm it's it's cool to see him being so heavily featured. And like I've been very struck like you with how much of the media we've seen come out of spring training to focus on Julio and Jared and Jake Fraley even getting, you know, a fair amount of attention. And obviously that's where the fun is, but, um, you know, for a site that's been pretty prospect focused, I think for the last couple of years, especially it's, it's really cool to see everybody else like picking up this mantle and, and getting excited about guys we've been excited about for a long time. I think that's a, a big part of it. And especially like with, Julio, it, it, it is the type of thing where it's like you, you, we can see it just because we were spending time, you know, whether it was talking with him, watching him, talking to people who were coaching or playing with him. But, you know, you, you don't want to necessarily overcommit when you, like we, we are, we're, we're fans. Like we, we are, we take it seriously when we're putting in evaluations and when we're trying to talk about the team. But like, you know, obviously we want these guys to succeed too. And to see the rest of the organization and to see other news outlets and to see essentially nationally people all pretty much come away with that same impression of like, wow, this guy is a special personality and a special kind of player. And these other guys that they've brought into the organization also have some promise also are exceeding expectations you know it it still doesn't necessarily get to you know it's not all at t-mobile park yet which is makes it tough because it's still going to be rough in, in you know on the on the field there probably this year but um it, it makes it a lot more gratifying to feel like okay well, we're, we're we're not just you know we're not just talking out of our asses about this stuff. No. We're we're actually providing you know things that are being backed up um, when when other well when the rest of the world is <laughs> then puts their you know puts their magnifying glass right. over it. So that so that's been really cool, and to get to see these guys in better video in actual Mariners uniforms, it's pretty fun. And it and I think for especially for someone like Matthew, who's a little less you know interested in the prospects all the way down. That's got to make it feel a little bit more real, right? Like just to actually see these guys in ostensibly Mariners uniforms playing, doing things with other Mariners players. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was actually today. Uh, today is Tuesday, the eighteenth, when we're recording. Where they there was Root Sports was doing a bunch of interviews, and they had the players actually wear like the Mariners home jerseys, like the whites. Not oh, just yeah, the, that's right. The blue. Yeah, Tim about right. had a heart attack seeing Julio <laughs> in the home whites. Yeah, we got to see Julio and Jared. They did like a group photo shoot. Um, we think that they purposely chose mirroring jersey numbers. Julio is number 85 in spring training, and Jared is 58. Big, mm-hmm. like, fourth-line hockey numbers, but it's spring training, so what are you going to do? And I think that, like, 58 to me feels so specific that Jared was like, oh, Julio's 85, let me get... 58 you know what i mean like i don't think that was a coincidence at all but you're right seeing them in the mariner uniform like it definitely i really do feel like like an animal who's coming out of hibernation i'm like oh what's this the sun, <laughs> and it is sunny now too in seattle like i don't think it's uh i don't think that it's 
a coincidence that it's very sunny the first time that Julio Rodriguez put on a Seattle Mariners actual <laughs> uniform. Absolutely not. It was like I think the brightest day of the year and uh, that kind of that, so far that we've had this winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely getting a little extra sunshine from our favorite son in Peoria. Yeah, before we get into our uh, our listener questions, I want to do a quick vibe check. Uh, how are we feeling, gang? We got baseball back. I know Kate will be there in person, but how do we feel about having baseball in our lives and getting to watch these kids do their thing on TV? Yeah, it's exciting. It feels, I mean, it always feels like a long time before baseball is back, but I think because I really stepped away and didn't do a lot this off season. It feels to me like it's coming very suddenly and I'm like, Oh my gosh, we have all this <laughs> stuff that we have to, I couldn't believe when I wrote out the schedule for this week and we had spring training games at the end of this week. I, this is and it's this our is first early. recaps of the year to put on yeah. our schedule, right? Like that's the yeah. big milestone. Yeah. But, and this is early. I mean, this is earlier than spring training has always been because Rob Manfred couldn't quite help himself. <laughs> he had to fuck with something. Well, so, and and it's and it's still sort of different because last year the Mariners started extra early because of the Japan because of Japan, right? But now it's like proper spring training all the way through uh, for everyone. For everyone's just early, right? So it's uh, it always it's like falling asleep, you know, slowly and then all at once, whatever that quote is. Um, so that's kind of how it's felt a little bit, <laughs> like. Uh, like it was the off season, the off season, the off season. But I feel like Christmas was like yesterday. Does anyone else feel like that? Just me. I know January really, really drags on, but I it feels fast to me. It it does feel like you know they're, they're there and suddenly we actually have it going. I think you know the, that's always always the thing for spring training. For me is like first few days like of games are really exciting, and then it kind of starts to be like okay, like. You know, especially now that I'm older and recognize, oh, this guy's hitting, you know, 680 in 21 plate appearances. That doesn't mean he's, you know, suddenly amazing. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm not really deriving much from this, but it is fun to see, like, who looks different, who's made some sort of adjustment, those sort of things. So it's, it's really, especially because pretty much across the rosters, the Mariners are going to have people who matter either in the short term or the long term uh, in those lineups in big league camp. Uh, you know, there'll be some Colin Cowgill. You know, there'll be some sort of random Jose Marmalejos or something. But, like, it's going to be a lot Marmalejos. of guys. Marmalejos. Every time. Every time. <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of people who matter or could matter. Um, and that makes... That, that's what this year is going to be. That's essentially what this entire year is going to be. So if we can if we can go into spring training with that mindset, I think that that's going to carry over into the regular season pretty nicely. You know, talking about um, uh, performances in spring training and, you know, somebody always flashes in spring training. Um, some it It's such a weird, limited sample. It's similar, I think, kind of to the Arizona Fall League where you have you know, you can have these big performances and then kind of never hear from a guy again. Or, um, we have a question about that, do we not, Matthew? We sure do, from Isabel Manassi and herself. Uh, she, yeah, she wrote, both for better or worse, who are your picks for bad spring training, good season, and vice versa? So that actually requires us to do some critical thinking and think of who could actually do that this year. But there's always a couple. I mean, I remember Dan Vogelbach like, led the Cactus League in hits, didn't he? 
Though. Yeah, he had a. He came out clobbering. Uh, yeah. And, and a year after having a terrible sort of spring training that saw him essentially, well, two two straight years of having mediocre spring trainings where he lost out on his full time chance to Danny Valencia and then Ryan Healy. So like, yeah, it. it I that suppose. was the first of one of my great many, Dan Vogelback has finally turned the corner articles, yes. which uh, <clears throat> is a, a both a source of both amusement and shame to me, looking back on them later. Well, and he, you know, to be fair, he was like, you know, he was the team's all-star last year. So. <laughs> you know, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, and he was legitimately good in the first half, and then he was legitimately very bad in the second half. So we'll, we got to see about that. Um yeah. You know who was bad in spring training and then just bad? What was his name? That long-haired pitcher, Dylan... Do you remember him? Blonde. Uh, he was just terrible. Dylan something. A left-hander. He was like uh, two years ago. Oh, Dylan Overton. Dylan Overton. Yeah, that was one do. where... I certainly he, do remember that. He was dreadful in the spring, mm-hmm. and that carried right on into being dreadful in the regular season. So, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, I feel like Juan Nicasio also had, unfortunately, a bit of that. Um, yeah, there's some... Okay. For for, for this year, uh, my my... The uh, the pick that I don't like making, but just the easiest one, I think is I think Kyle Lewis comes out clobbering in spring training, and I I worry he has a tougher time uh, during the regular season, um, especially like basically February and March performance, and then rough April and May, and I could totally see him turning it around later on, but I, I do think Kyle Lewis is is someone who has the beautiful swing to sort of tee off on pitchers who are tuning it up and then once people are working in all their breaking stuff I think he's going to have to make some adjustments and he had that loud spring training last year remember last year it was Kyle Lewis has finally has finally arrived and then Mm -hmm. kind of went to Arkansas and was you know good but not great Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know I, I feel differently about Kyle Lewis I think I think he is going to strike out a lot, but I, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm buying on Kyle Lewis, which I know mm. is not a popular, uh, a popular thing to do. Uh, I think Eric Felia has a big spring training because he tends to show up really big and stuff like that. He he loves Arizona. He's very comfortable. He was the um, MVP of the fall league two years ago. Um, and he just tends to do well and stuff like that. Like, he's not going to have a bad at-bat. So I think there's a possibility that he really lights up in spring training and is, like, maybe pushing for a roster spot or, and then goes back to Tacoma and kind of flattens out because that was... Well, I hope that, I hope that that's different, um, especially with the Super Bowl and everything, but... I, I think that uh, I think he'll my, make a lot of noise, yeah. and people will be disappointed when he is assigned to AAA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. I think Taiwan Walker could be the alternate, the or the the sort of flip side of that for me. Of like, he's absolutely like focused on sort of tuning it up in in spring, uh, and he's mm. he's you know working on getting his pitches right. But it's not you know it's thoroughly process based, and and the results may not look great, but. 
assuming things go well, that once he's in season and he's sort of working sequencing more efficiently, uh, I think he could he could look a lot better. Because um, I think it's going to take a while for Ty to kind of get used to this new regimen and um, you know the new way of doing things, and I think he's he's going to have to change a lot of like. Not just who he was in Seattle, but who he was in Arizona, too, because the Mariners have their own way of doing things. So I I think that he could have a slow start that kind of carries over into the regular season until hopefully it clicks and he puts it together. But I'm not super, I'm not as high as I want to be on Taiwan, even though I want him to do well probably more than anything else. I think that's fair. Yeah, I definitely agree with that part. I'll be rooting for Taiwan harder than anyone. But uh, to answer Isabel's question, I think that Carlos Gonzalez is going to have a big spring just off muscle memory, basically. <laughs> like Remembering that he was once very good at baseball and he's going to be facing a bunch of 22-year-olds in their first camp. And like pride will be part of that, too. Like Carlos Gonzalez doesn't want to get punked by some kid from Southwest Missouri State or whatever. So I think he will. He probably will hit, like, I'm picturing one really long, majestic spring training home run, and then Carlos Gonzalez in the regular season hits, like, 220 and gets released in July or something. But do not be surprised, in my opinion at least, if Carlos Gonzalez just is very, very rude to these young pitchers that he has to face. I like this one from, actually, uh, from Keaton Gologly, uh, play-by-play man for the Modesto Nuts. Uh, he wants to know where do we think the top prospects will open the season because he has a personal interest here. How is my Modesto team <laughs> going to be? So we have a lot of the prospects that are in uh, camp right now who obviously won't make the big league roster on opening day. Uh, I think the big ones that we should start with obviously are Julio and Jared. Where do we see them starting the season if you guys had to forecast it? Uh, well, first of all, shouts to Keaton, who is one of the brightest stars in our Mariners minor league broadcasting crown. Um, very glad to have him back. If you have not caught a Modesto Nuts game, you should. Keaton has a great announcer voice, uh, and there's really nothing finer than just enjoying a game over the radio, sitting outside at a park or on your deck or something in the beautiful Seattle summer evening oh it is i'm so excited for those days and something we should treasure because like the a's are taking radio broadcasts off entirely if to they're not going to be on the radio so um enjoy your radio while you have it says the podcast host yeah (laughs) (laughs) preserve radio (laughs) yikes um i did sit down and kind of look at what modesto's lineup could look like for keaton but if we want to just start off by talking about the big guys um i think julio and john and i have disagreed on this Uh, i think julio returns to modesto to start the year um if he smashes like he was smashing towards the end of last season i you know i could definitely see him getting moved up he has a big spring training, maybe that factors into it, but he just didn't have that many at-bats at Modesto. Um, it is a trickier level. It's a big step up from a ball, uh, especially as far as, like, breaking balls go. And, you know, you saw him chase some bad balls and get fooled by pitchers. I mean, pitchers who were four and five years older than him, but um, I think that Julio starts back in Modesto. I think Jared starts back in A. Um, and again, could be a fast mover, but same thing. Like he was promoted after a lot of the really quality arms were already out of double A. 
they had already been promoted up to their teams or to AAA. Um, so I think, and you know, he just, he didn't have a ton of time there. So I think that's where those guys start. Logan Gilbert, uh, I don't know because AAA, it says that they say that they're going to use all the same balls. So I don't know what the purpose of putting Logan Gilbert in AAA is. He also didn't have a ton of time in AA, so I think he might start there before he's eventually moved up. Uh, who are the other big guys? Obviously, Evan White will be in Seattle. Um, you'll have uh, George Kirby probably in Modesto. Modesto, yeah. Um, they, they, there's sort of. We, I think we've had a little bit of writing on this. I'm, I think it's been. I know Baseball American wrote about this, but Modesto should get Kirby, uh, Brandon Williamson, and uh, very one likely one then, yeah, um, and potentially uh, Isaiah Campbell as well, who is also drafted. Um, <clears throat> I think Campbell will follow the Logan Gilbert plan where he goes to A ball, and if he's crushing, In West Virginia. I mean, it was very, yeah, it was very quickly mm. evident that Logan Gilbert did not belong in A-Ball. He was yes. murdering, like, yes. le- re- reaping souls. Yes. So if if Isaiah Campbell's first few starts look like that, I think he'll move along to Modesto very quickly. Modesto should have a very strong pitching staff. Yes. Maybe the best in the entire system. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably where you'll see a lot of the starters. we got a couple questions, I think, about Sam Carlson. Um, and he... Uh, ostensibly is fully healthy and it'll sort of be a decision on whether he does more time starting an extended spring and then goes to Everett. My guess is that he just starts in West Virginia um, and they sort of work him on a like work him up essentially in workload. Um, Maybe you'll see some like two, three, four inning starts with like intent, sort of the way that they did with like Kirby and Williamson uh, in Everett this past year. Um, and then work him up to sort of lengthier outings. But I do think they just want, they want to get him in games because he's missed yeah. so much time. Um, I mean, he's 21 and he's thrown three professional innings. So yeah. I yeah. think he will be absolutely pedal to the metal. They'll be looking for the bare minimum of competence out of him before they move him up. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think the only, well, not the only, but, you know, Noel Marte, I don't think they put straight to West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia. Um, he's really good. I mean, he's, he's very talented, but, you know, that was sort of, a lot of people thought that was too big of a leap for Julio, and understandably, but Julio just happens to be very advanced as a player, also just, like, advanced in a ton of other ways he's really mature he's very fluent in english like there's a lot of things that pretty much nobody is uh at 17 that julio is like you know how many kids do you know that are just gigantic and really you know athletically talented and and have great work ethics and are bilingual like you know it's 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 a ton of stuff that he's just you, you can't, you know, Noel V, I think, is going to want to push on that path. I don't think it's fair to hold him to the exact same path. Um, so I think you'll see him probably extended spring and then Everett. Um, and, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I could see him pushing to West Virginia if he goes I could see him by the end of the year. And, and the main thing with him is uh, really the English competence is, I think, um, 
not quite there. He is a very different person than Julio. And I have yeah. an interview with Noel V. Marte that I am in the process of transcribing. And um, he's a really interesting kid, very thoughtful, very intelligent, um, cautious in a way that Julio isn't cautious. Like, Julio will just try anything. And Noel V. is a little more reserved than that. And I mm. think that that kind of factors in t- as well into, like, what the organization feels comfortable with throwing at these guys. Yeah. Um, I do think, I will say, I think there's a good chance that you see Dunn and Gilbert uh, both in AAA to start the year. Um, and I, I would I would say there's a possibility Kelnick is there as well. Um, but I, I, I do think it's a challenge, obviously, to put your own pitching prospects in Tacoma and they saw that back backfire. Right. They, they saw that happen go go badly for Justice Sheffield last year but it's also like Sheffield had been to the bigs and had been in, in AAA twice before I think at that point um, you know this would be essentially the first time or not essentially literally the first time for, for both of them in, in AAA and I think that that's it is somewhat valuable at least to get a handle of pitching with the new or with the with the big league ball which they would have in AAA and you know having it emphasized with them that like we're looking for process the results are going to be more challenging at this point but like you know it, it, that's sort of a test of their uh, coaching staff at a certain point is like okay we're going to put you up against mostly like fringe big leaguers and like people who are the closest test to you know it's not necessarily going to be all top prospects but it's going to be a really high floor of quality and you can't take pitches off and that's you know that's the best they can give them until until they make space on the big league roster Uh, so i do think you see those guys there perfect and that i mean the pairings will create uh something that i know that we all love a lot of our listeners love which is friendships and we want to watch these kids become <laughs> friends jared and julio are already there we think at least if they're not they fake it really well <laughs> and uh the question actually from zach mason says uh with leblanc having left marco behind which is very sad uh which is your favorite current mariners friendship and he lists some options there is one that I forgot about, Vogelback and Kikuchi. Uh, Kikuchi famously uh, n- named his son a little bit after Vogelback. I believe his son's middle name is Daniel, which is yeah. truly adorable. Uh, Zach lists Jared and Julio, uh, as well as Justice Sheffield and Justin Dunn. Uh, Gilbert and Cal Rowley, the battery mates. And then uh, Evan White and Kyle Lewis, who are very tight from what I've gathered on the internet. Do you have? Do you guys have a favorite of those pairings? Which one is your favorite Mariner friendship to watch from afar? I want to point out that like all the Double A guys are really close. It's not just Justice and Justin. It's not just Evan White and Kyle Lewis. It's all of those guys. It's Donnie Walton. It's Nick Zamorelli. Like that group is really really tight, and they all hang out. Like they go golfing. They're in Arizona together now, and just. Um, I think there's a really genuine... Oh, Fraley is part of that group. They get together and watch The Bachelor. They have Bachelor Mondays. Um, they have Bachelor? I did not know this. I did not yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. And their and wives the and girlfriends are all friends. Um, you know, they're 
they're harassing Justin Dunn for not proposing to his longtime girlfriend Oof. or Zamorelli. Yeah, they they are they are good. They're a tight crew, and that really developed at Arkansas. And I think like when you're all stuck together in a place like Little Rock, Arkansas, which is not like the worst place to be, but also has kind of some limited options, you'll just hang out together. So. Um, I would say, like, that whole grouping is one of my favorites, but outside of that, I really love the Logan-Gilbert-Cal-Raleigh relationship. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that's very fun, especially, you know, you, the, the sort of research you did on that and, and sort of the, the leadership dynamics that came out of that. Um, I do think the Vogelbach-Kikuchi uh, friendship is, is very, it's very nice, and it also kind of represents the way that Vogelbach, you know, for for a guy who ostensibly has one full big league season under his belt, um, has a has a sort of outsized repu- or relationship, I think, and, and, and importance uh, to the rest of the organization as a guy who, like, has succeeded at every level now as, as a hitter. Um, you know, obviously struggled a bit, but, like, has succeeded, also is thoroughly gregarious like from from jerry depoto down to like jared kelnick getting texts from vogelbach you know during the year last year and talking about like they talk about hitting and they goof around like i i think that there is something very very pleasant to as sort of seeing vogelbach as a bonding agent uh in, in a clubhouse that really has had so much turnover that Vogelbach is one of the quote-unquote veterans. I mean, that is a very strange thing. But, um, you know, it, it's the kind of thing that you you like to see in a, a young group of players. Yeah, I love the Jared Julio friendship because of the amount of, like, playful banter that goes on between them. Like, that's such a... That's such a pillar of both, like, young male friendship, but also, like, when you're playing sports with someone who's, like, you realize is equally, if not more talented than you, and you're already really good. It's like, oh, I have to kind of, like, for lack of a better term, they're just, like, busting each other's balls. Like, Julio's like, yeah, I'm bigger than you. And Jared's like, oh, well, you know, like, you don't do this as well as me. Like, you don't have as much power, blah, blah, blah. Like, I love that because I think for <laughs> these kind of guys, like, the, the personalities that Jared and Julio are, I think that'll, like, push them also to become better baseball players. Like, having them both in the same place, it's like when two stars collide, you know? There's going to be, like, a huge, a huge earthly event that comes out of them <laughs> being in the same camp, I think. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think a lot of the framing of the narrative where – Jared is super intense and Julio is like really easygoing and fun. Like they set that up, but uh, Julio is incredibly intense. He, he is an intense competitor. He doesn't show it in the same way Jared does, but I feel like there's something there's something in that narrative that is maybe missing a little bit of like the core competitor of who Julio is and um Julio thinks he's Simba. Like he believes he is He's here to, I mean, he doesn't care that that nickname is already taken. Like, that's who he views himself as. You see he has, like, a little lion emoji that he uses a lot. And, you know, Simba, like, came and, and led the people. And I think, like, Julio sees himself as doing that, too. So for all of the, like, fun friendship parts, like, do not do not overlook the heart of the competitor that beats within the chest of Julio Rodriguez. <laughs> 
Yes, but one thing he cannot do is remove the bee heart <laughs> from the chest of the operation. No, guy. he sucks. Oh, I man. Was, I was shocked. How is someone that bad at operation? For anyone He's got who very big it, hands. Have you seen He does like, have look huge at hands. His, uh, I guess. Using, yeah. like, small chopsticks there. For anyone who didn't see it, if you just Google Julio Rodriguez operation or go to, I think it was Root Sports on Twitter, they had yeah. a Julio play operation, the children's game. And he, for the life of him, could not do it. Like, he could not <laughs> remove whatever organ it was. Without the, the Charlie horse. He could not get the Charlie. Look at it. He's so small. Like, <laughs> he was so frustrated. And then he said at one point, oh, you're dead already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Julio could not save this man. No. Uh, such a bummer. But that's also, like, I love that they're already doing stuff like that with Julio, too. Like, getting him a little acclimated to, like... Yeah. The sillier side of media, like after a certain point, you can't answer the like, "What was it like in West Virginia? What was working for you?" Like you gotta right. have him do some of the, the like stupider stuff that is actually fun for the players too. So I love seeing all of that. And also, I if I know Julio, he went to Target that night and bought himself a set, bought himself an operation game, <laughs> and is like working on perfecting that. He just hates so. being bad at stuff. Okay, let's go to a, a double-barreled question from our pal Ben Thoen. Uh, what's up, Ben? Hope everything is going well for you out in Spokane. Uh, ben has both a veteran question and a prospect question, which I think is good because we haven't really touched on the veterans. And I also hadn't really thought about this until reading Ben's question. Uh, he wrote, Will Dylan Moore and D. Gordon be DFA'd by opening day? Patrick Wisdom seems like their guy at utility, and D. does not fit. Uh, that is... Unfortunately, probably like fairly true. I don't know if he like will get DFA'd, but it does seem like the Mariners have a couple too many of that player, and one of them is not going to come with the team to Seattle on opening day, I would imagine. Um, I don't know about Wisdom and Dylan Moore's options. That's obviously in play here, but uh, I, I feel like D. Gordon will make the team just because he's D. Gordon, like his name, I think will help him a little bit there and his service time and what he can do for the clubhouse and all that. Everyone seems to, to love D. So I'd be pretty surprised if he, D got DFA'd, but it does seem like there's an odd man out here and I'm wondering who you guys think it'll be. Yeah. So the trouble for wisdom is he, I believe has essentially never played shortstop uh, he's not played it in the minors the last couple of years he's not played shortstop or second base um and the big league level or in triple a um he's pretty much exclusively been like a third baseman first baseman and he like splashed a little bit of minor league outfield um so i don't think he will be able to supplant uh sort of a utility spot um because you know you you just need someone who can play every spot you know defensively there um i think wisdom because he's got a split deal as they call it he should start in the minor leagues probably as the full-time uh third baseman there um dylan moore can be sent down to the minors uh they obviously like him just because he has he's got more pop than the average uh sort of utility guy kind of what they were hoping Taylor Motter might be, they still hope Dylan Moore could be, essentially. The topic of my thesis, where does tiny, <laughs> tiny Dylan Moore get that power? Indeed, yeah. I, mean, I he, continue a, to research. I have a, some applications <laughs> in for grants. Um, so I, I think that, I think you're, you're, you're right, Matthew, that D, 
Uh, I think D makes it to opening day because he, the Mariners, I you know their options are essentially keep him and have him hopefully be sort of a positive hashtag you know veteran presence, um, and also just you know he is I believe the most sort of recognizable player on the team right now. Um, he he is sort of the face of the team in addition to Kyle Seeger. Um, and you, you sort of keep him around and, and hopefully find a trade fit for him so that he can go somewhere and be that, that he has a better fit. Um, they've said publicly they're intending to work him at shortstop and maybe even in the outfield again. Um, but I, I do, I don't think they DFA him just cause they, they've been pretty loath to fully throw in the towel on guys like that. Um, and even if it's something like a Jay Bruce type trade where they basically pay all the money and get a non-impact prospect back uh, or, or non-notable prospect back, um, I do think that by the end of spring training, you'll see some injuries crop up for other teams and they'll find somewhere to go. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty much exactly it. I would be sad to see either Dylan Moore or D Gordon go just because of the sentimental value I have attached to them. With yeah. Dylan Moore, it really is all from one play, the Felix catch. But oh, yeah. I think I, I don't think there. he gets DFA'd. I mean, the, yeah. you can you can send him down to the minors. They don't have an imminent need to to sort of create a forty man spot. Um, they they haven't put Mitch Haniger on the sixty day. Um, IL yet, which they will do, so that can create another forty-man spot if that's a real issue. Uh, you know, they're not currently really, really hurting for for places to put guys. Uh, I would also add Tim Lopes as part of this mix as well. Yes. Um, don't overlook my man Tim Lopes. Indeed. Who I would put yes. a little ahead of Wisdom because he has a little more. I don't think Lopes is great at third. Um, but he does have the ability to play short and second and yeah. was very capable in the outfield. So, Yeah. That's true. Shouts to Tim Lopes, who is younger than Christopher Negron. That's the way I remember them. I was like, okay, one of them was a little <laughs> older and that was an assistant to the general manager or whatever it is. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Player development. He's yeah. working in player development, and he's so happy. His tweets are so either they're like holding a gun to his head and making him tweet these things, <laughs> or he is really, really happy in his new role. Yeah. I assume it's the latter. A lot of uh, now read that back to me, Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Ben's prospect question is: Who is a prospect currently outside the Mariners' top fifteen or top twenty that you could see cracking the top ten this time next year? So uh, to me, this also kind of means like who, if they have a big spring training, will get a little more of the the prospect buzz that they've so far lacked a little bit. And also, this is, I guess, subjective a little bit as who you think is the Mariners top 15, top 20. But who are some guys you're looking for that could really uh, make a name for themselves with a good spring training or an, an early good start in the minors this year? This is tricky because with the Mariners, the way the prospect, and we're, we're working on our prospect list right now to be released soon, um, there's a pretty steep drop-off after like 11, 12, 13-ish. Mm. Um, there's an, and by the time you're in 20s, you're into like relievers, like the Art Warrens and the Jack Andersons and um, the Joey Gerbers of the world. So 
it's tough because it is still a, it's kind of a top heavy system right now. Um, so it's tough to pinpoint someone like that, but I think the one person who fits this criteria, who I think like is maybe a 20 for me, um, and could edge his way, uh, probably not into the top 10, but like closer to the top 10 is Austin Shenton, uh, the third baseman from Florida International, who they took last year, who's also a local kid. Um, great story, big personality, and I think with he could be a fast mover if he has a big showing at, at spring training. Yeah, I think Shenton, just sort of looking at the list, I think Shenton is exactly who I would who I would pick there. Um, not necessarily because he will, although he certainly could, but because... Um, there's such a there there's such a i guess gap in likely upside um it, exactly as you said like it's a lot of guys after the sort of top 15 or so who are already in the bullpen or already have some pretty clear flaws or are injured you know and aren't going to necessarily be able to take a big step um you know like you could say maybe in a year and a half, like Levi Stout or uh, Michael Limoncelli, who were sort of well-regarded top 10-round picks this year, could be there, but neither of them are going to pitch this year. So yeah. that's, a, that's a little bit... T- or they're barely going to pitch this year. So that's a little bit tougher. The other guy, I guess, uh, you might put on that list is um, uh, Jonathan Classe, uh, who we certainly... We... we we've talked to we've heard a lot about he's gotten a lot of um sort of positive reviews for incredible speed um had a really great debut season in the dsl this year um and has gotten caught caught some eyes um and he will play stateside this year probably starting in arizona um but you know that's i guess a guy who if he's really pops could fly up because you'll just you'll have seen a lot more of him you'll you'll see him in live reps more consistently than what you can what what people can generally get in the Dominican League um, you'll get a little bit of a more consistent quality uh, in terms of opponents uh, and you could even see him in Everett or uh, maybe West Virginia um, and and if, if he's going those places and still successful um, then I think you start to see him him creep quite a bit up the the list. Yeah, Class A is is on my list as well as a uh, potential. I think very much it's he could help himself out with a good spring training. I think he'll get a mm-hmm. couple of looks. Um, mm-hmm. They have not had him up for any mini camp or anything. He's still in the DR. So uh, Noel V just arrived recently. He's wasn't in the mini camp stuff, but. They both did high performance camp earlier, mm-hmm. so I think it's just a way to kind of limit the amount of time that they have to be away from home, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, again, we're talking about seventeen year old, eighteen year old kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that he he's one that if he can hit and if he starts showing up well, um, you'll start to see him, like John said, pop really, really quickly because he's already gotten a basically seventy grade tool in his speed, so. Mm-hmm. All which the, all which translates him. reasonably well to being a good center fielder because he's yeah. you know he's got reasonable instincts and 
Um, a, you would expect him to be able to stick in center field with that speed. So he's already handling the best defensive position um, and or the best outfield defensive position. Um, he's a left-handed hitter who can get the most out of his speed. Um, so you just need a little bit of pop, and you need to continue. You know, just keeping keeping that offensive presence showing. Yeah, he doesn't even have to hit a lot. He just has to hit some. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the system is a little thin on outfielders. I was looking down the list, trying to project Modesto's outfield, actually, which especially if Julio goes to double A is really thin. Um, it's it, which means it's also thin in West Virginia. Um, there's just for the glut of outfield talent we kind of have currently, there's not a lot in those low minors. Um, so for him, if he can make an impression, there might be a space to play him. And, you know, sometimes they'll just call a guy up and have him fill in for a little while because they need a warm body. And then if they impress, they kind of earn a chance to stick around. And I mean, definitely he's held in good regard with the club by being invited to high performance camp. Cause mm-hmm. that's, um, that's money that they invest in you if they're willing to like put you up and put you in an apartment. So uh, definitely one to watch. I'm, of course, pleading the fifth on this question, but I do want to uh, round out Ben's inquiries um, with a Connor Sadzak update, which, John, I believe you have some info for us. Uh, ben wanted <laughs> to know about, about Sadzak because Ben really knows his audience here. So Indeed. what happened to Connor Sadzak? Uh, so Connor Sadzak, really great um, sort of start with the Mariners uh, after getting acquired by uh, Seattle f- uh, from Texas. He... Um, had essentially uh, elbow issues um, that shut him down and eventually led to Tommy John, uh, I believe, during September, which is a shame because it means he's probably going to miss most of this year as well. Um, but at the end of the at the end of October, essentially, the Mariners um, snuck him through waivers. Same time they uh, DFA'd. Uh, Ryan Healy, Jason Bradford, both of whom had enough service time to elect free agency. Um, but Connor Sadzik, unfortunately for him, did not have enough time uh, in the majors to elect free agency, which means uh, he is just going to be in Tacoma uh, rehabbing, uh, which means he doesn't get paid uh, major league salary and doesn't accrue service time uh, while he's on the IL, which is a bummer. Um, if you if you followed the Marco Gonzalez arbitration uh, sort of discussion, that was sort of an issue that happened for Marco uh, with the Cardinals where he felt like the team recognized he needed surgery and they sent him down right before he got surgery so that they wouldn't have, though he wouldn't get service time. Um, this is not quite that since it was the end of the season where everyone has to either be added. You can't have people on the, the injured list for the winter um but yeah so Connor Zazek hopefully will be back maybe late late this season um but not 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 imminently unfortunately thank you we will all be waiting uh, with bated breath for the return of Connor Zazek <laughs> uh one more good question that we liked from uh Joel Marquez at Trader Joel or perhaps Trader Joel sorry to this man if we said his name wrong uh, any major stuff improvements from the players that took part in the most recent gas camp? Who is this year's LJ Newsom? So essentially, have we heard anything about someone who this offseason 
worked really hard, improved their velocity, has, you know, best shape of their life, great stuff, blah, 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 who can kind of blossom the way that LJ Newsom did around this time last year? Um, well, I think gas camp was a little scaled down from where it was last year, but I know that Devin Sweet was there, um, and supposedly has added a little to his repertoire. He's an exciting one. He's got a killer changeup, um, and he's somebody who I would keep an eye on. Really interesting story, too, where he thought he wasn't going to be drafted. He was signed as an undrafted free agent, um was ready to head off to engineering grad school at Virginia Tech and, um, you know, kind of took a chance and signed with the Mariners, I think probably for like a candy bar and um, was really, really an exciting arm to watch in West Virginia um, under Al Alon Lykman, who is the uh, pitching coach there and who is himself kind of a change-up expert. So that just... That's one to watch, I think, because if he can just kind of poke over that 90-mile-an-hour mark, I think he could be someone really special. Um, as far as somebody who I think people will be talking about who wasn't on anyone's radar, um, he wasn't technically, I don't think, at gas camp, but I think Penn Murphy, especially after his Arizona Fall League appearance and um, being part of Team USA... He is a guy who just absolutely, I think, was on no one's radar and now has had a few stories written about him. And he should be pitching in Arkansas. He's definitely one to watch as well. Yeah, I think um, Devin Sweet is is my pick as well, especially just literally in the mold of LJ Newsom. Sweet throws a lot of strikes. He has the He's had great numbers in the low minors because of very good command and you know, uh, enough uh, sort of command of three different pitches that he can miss bats. Um, I think that uh, he's – I know I've seen him 90 to 93, um, and if he can actually be like 91, 94, 92 to 95, I mean that is – you're not just looking at like, oh, this is a guy who might, you know, get on a 40-man roster. That's like, oh, you have like – you're you're looking at an actual three pitch repertoire uh, starting pitching prospect, uh, which is is absolutely in the cards for him if if he's made those strides. Um, I'm not sure if this. I, I think Brandon Williamson is a bit sort of too rich for this classification as a second round pick. Um, so I, w I won't say him. I do think he's a guy who you could see some, make some sort of significant hay. Um, but I'll, I'll say Elvis Alvarado as a, as a sort of another lower profile guy. He's one of the guys that the Mariners got um, in the Hunter Strickland and Rowanis Elias trades to the Nationals last year. Um, that uh, he he's sort of a late convert uh, convert rather to pitching after spending his first few years in the pros as an outfielder. Um, he's in the upper 90s uh, and has hit double dig or triple digits with his fastball. He's got a decent slider. Um, and, I, and I think he's, he's sort of a guy who, he was Rule 5 eligible, so he's already working kind of against the clock. But um, they have gotten as much as they can out of uh, sort of working on his mechanics to get him in the strike zone so that he can shoot up the, the ranks sort of like Reggie McLean did perhaps last year. Um, so I think that that's the closest comp there. Tight. Okay. It's my turn. 
For, uh, you know how you'll hear actors talk about, like, yeah, I did a couple for them, and then I had to do one for me. Like, I, like, I did some movies that are going to be critically acclaimed and that the people wanted, but then I also took <laughs> one where I get to drive a race car. The old, the old bottom line. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm doing now. This is a question from Eric Sanford, who we love dearly, a staff writer at Lookout Landing. Eric wants us to pitch our best Mariner commercial ideas for 2020. Mm-hmm. And of course, I have come prepared, so don't worry. You guys can kick back. Uh, first one, they would never do this, but it would be so funny, I think, would be to have Kyle Seeger and D. Gordon running a daycare for all the kids. And they have to like, <laughs> do little activities with them, like some finger painting, some stuff like that. Like little like baseball-related things that are also like childish. I think that would be very funny. Also, because Kyle Seeger has shown in the past that he's actually pretty funny in these commercials. So I think he'd be a good sport about like leaning into the old guy stuff. Oh, Seeger is excellent in the commercials. Yeah, Every year. they could also go the other way, I guess, where Kyle Seeger's in like an old folks home. I could totally see him oh my like, God. being okay with that. But again, they would never do that. That was just one idea that I was like, that'd be really funny. But that would be appropriate that... too, because Dee just became a dad today. He had a little Dee. Congrats to Dee and his baby and his partner. I don't wife. Know if... wife. Wife, yeah. Uh, yeah, they did have a baby. It's very cute. Check out Dee's baby wherever you get your babies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other other idea I had, this one is like the classic, like just kind of leaning into puns and like the low hanging fruit, but like a cooking class with Justice Sheffield, like chef in it, something like that. I bet you anything that one's already in the hopper. I think it'd be funny to watch him try to do like, uh, I don't know if they would do this, but like cultural things for different players. Like if he was trying to make like Japanese food with Kikuchi or like Latin food with some of the Latin guys, that'd be kind of fun. Like, and again, I don't know if they would actually ever do that but i do think we'll probably see something chef related because i'm sure they also want to market him and that one kind of just writes itself and he buys into it too i mean his twitter handle is top chef so it's obviously not a nickname he has a problem with yeah on the name thing too like they're not going to market kendall graveman but like him putting (laughs) hitters into graves like that's also probably not very likely to happen in real life sorry to kendall graveman he's not like a I'm going to kill you type of pitcher. He's like, I'm going to go six innings with four hits and scatter some walks. So not really an intimidator, but that is a, that's a good name one. I mean, Marco will be in one. He has to be kind of, um, I wonder what that's going to look like. I would like feisty Marco, like to somehow make an appearance, like maybe Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Marco or something where, uh, where something where Marco's feistiness gets to come through. Yeah, or what about Just Got Paid Marco, where he comes to the clubhouse <laughs> in, like, a sports car and, like, a suitcase full of money. Again, that would never happen, but I would love to see Marco embrace a little less of the the wholesome vibe and more of the, like you said, the spicy Marco, who... I want to hear him talk about the Astros, too. I think he hinted about some stuff on Twitter. He, like, had some jokes that he, that he felt, like, sent off, but I haven't heard a good juicy quote yet and i think marco maybe he's actually plotting a real statement like something that will make him sound fully formed but uh i'm waiting on that too i want someone in the mayor's organization to say something so we'll see, we I, see. I would yeah, love marco's to see our a, best like, bet for sorry john go ahead oh i was just saying i would love to see a like back to the future sort of parody uh where like maybe it's kyle seeger as uh 
as sort of the the old mad professor, but like as Christopher Lloyd, man, we are doing Kyle Se- Seeger dirty. <laughs> Jeez, you guys, um, he's like thirty three. I mean, well, it's just like the the only other the only player older than him on the roster is Yoshihisa Hirano, right? Like, and that you know, it's not quite the same effect but it could also just be some random fan like just accident you know they i basically just dragged to the future uh and and in the future you know everything's beautiful verdant uh fountains everything and it's just like oh julio and jared are there greeting them evan white's picking baseballs you know they're they've won eight straight world series and just greeting just greeting everyone i you know like over the top but something something fun uh and and sort of really leaning into like all the prospects uh just sort of in prospect in paradise yeah look at john go high concept with it yeah man you got you got some you got some straight you know you got some stuff for for everybody there yeah i hope we get jp and shed too they seem like they'd be a good a good duo to market Mm -hmm. uh hopefully they're playing every day up the middle too so there's there's that element but i think shed would be good shed seems like the kind of guy who uh who would lean into this sort of thing and have a lot of fun with it. I would watch a commercial of Shed uh, craftily avoiding drinking water. (laughs) Again, something they would never do, but, like, all his teammates trying to get him to drink water and him just, like, avoiding it. Or the Kyle Lewis telling Shed what to drink. There we go. Yes, there we go. Drink (laughs) some water, man. we We gotta get an audio of that. Yeah, that would also require all of the fans to be in on, like, several, several in-jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, need, we need the on, the Mariners fan base, which I don't think can afford to be any more online, would need to somehow be ten times more online. They just uh, have to follow the account. Just We tweet all this stuff. Um, <laughs> my ideas were, I would like one of J.P. Crawford and Evan White going around Seattle, like, catching everything. Because both are like Evan White catching it, JP throwing it. So, like, you know, good. obviously you start off easy with the fish, but then just catching and throwing other Seattle landmarks around. Yeah, catch some Amazon stock. <laughs> Maybe like the big spheres. I don't know. Um, <laughs> catch some. The other one I would like to see, and, and this, this relates to one of my favorite uh, best friend pairings, is I would like like an 80s style sitcom introduction theme song of Vogie and Kikuchi best friends like mm-hmm. sort of maybe a perfect stranger style thing where it's like the two of them in like yellow leisure suits just walking around downtown Seattle like having a wonderful time and like there being a cute theme song and wasn't there one kind of like that at like a few You're years accusing ago? me of plagiarism no well no but I do, I feel like there was one sort of like that where it was like, maybe feel like, Excuse maybe me, I'm, I'm not fooling. the Astros, I didn't cheat. All right, all right. I'm yeah. not, I'm, I'm, it was a good concept, I think it's worth bringing back. Anyway, those admit, were my... We, uh, we hacked the Mariners database, We've, we knew all these were coming, um, so one of us is going to prison for sure, uh, I'll fall on the sword I guess. Indeed. Um, we will have no the other two of us will have no punishment whatsoever but we'll have to feel bad i want to make it clear yes we did cheat no it did not impact the podcast (laughs) yes we earned this we earned this whole hour of content and uh it's just a coincidence that we happen to know everything that was coming that's not our fault pull my name off the podcast (laughs) 
<laughs> they should have changed up the questions if they didn't want us to know about them. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go get this uh, this tattoo finished up. Ah, um, uh, yeah, for sure. Nice, you nice. guys have have lives to live, as do our listeners. Um, but we made it. I've been. I noticed that I've been ending all of these by saying, like, before we know it, baseball will be here. And now, look at that. It is here, and we're gonna have to analyze all of these players actually doing things on the field. And I, for one, cannot wait. Oh, wow, I really can hear the excitement in your voice. That was genuine. I think right, was, Matthew was, suffers a little bit from Zach Gottschalk syndrome, where I think he struggles yeah. to struggles to properly like emote his you know tone his voice for for genuine excitement. But that was genuine I will excitement. Say, I will that. say Matthew signed up for one of the earliest recaps right off the bat. So uh, good on you, Matthew. Yeah, I was being sincere. I miss watching baseball. It's not my fault that I don't know who any of these guys. Are. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Like- it's not Mariner's like you've been doing this podcast mom. with us for... It's <laughs> all being willfully that's, ignorant. That's the slogan for the 2020 season. Mariners baseball. You don't know who any of these guys are, but hey, it's baseball. <laughs> it's, Ooh, actually, it, a good it commercial would be like a, a first day of college sort of orientation where they're all wearing name tags, introducing themselves. And they have to play icebreakers. Let me see Julio Rodriguez do a trust fall onto Dylan Moore. (laughs) That that is much better than what I thought you were going with, which was like bringing in like a guy, like a person, like an FDA agent, like suit, like testing it and then coming out and like, this is technically 83% baseball. (laughs) You are, you are legally allowed to call this baseball narrowly, but that's dark. (laughs) That would be funny though, too. I mean, They'll take one of these ideas, coming to a TV near you, um, just like the Mariners, actually. We probably should mention, um, if you're listening this weekend, uh, Saturday and Sunday, the Mariners spring training games will be on TV, so you can tune in if you have Root Sports, or you can find a Root Sports stream or whatever. Um, the time has come. You can watch these guys in real life. I'm sure a lot of us, myself included, have not seen all of the minor league guys actually play yet, so it'll be cool to get it with like a real telecast and with Dave Sims and Blowers and all that. It's going to feel pretty close to the real thing and that is uh that is upon us so thank you kate and john as always for talking baseball with me or at me in some uh, in some instances <laughs> and to all the listeners who sent questions and who subscribe to this podcast and support us we appreciate you greatly and you will hear us back in your ear holes in no time goodbye bye, bye. Cause I wanna be somebody.